0: Hi, welcome to The Zone podcast.
1: I'm Liam Ford.
0: And I am Paula Benetton. And Liam, how about today having a guest whose 80% of the family is in the medical field and just by looking at blood, he faints. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. But AJ Sunny found his way of really contributing to the medical world through tech and his passion for global talent and technology.
1: Yeah, that was, it was really interesting, wasn't it? And I, you know, I also loved the fact that when he was a teenager, he really pushed the boundaries, <laughs> which was really, really fun. Because that's what you do when you're a teenager, you know, you explore boundaries and that's, that's cool. But today he's focused on the big challenges in making life better. Uh, and of course, you know, he's doing that one of his startups, one of his passions, which is, as you said, the global tech talent world. So put on your headphones, uh, take a walk and check in with AJ as he tells us his story. Hey, AJ, welcome to The Zone podcast. And, and I know you're based in Aotearoa, New Zealand, in a beautiful place called One Tree Hill. Which um, anyone can look up, and you're a you're a techie, you're an entrepreneur, and um, you've got uh, some really big dreams. So, but first of all, I want to know is where did you get the name AJ from? Because <laughs> yes, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So eight nine years ago, I started my first venture with a couple of mates, and um, mm. what we thought is that if we created a clickbait site, you know, something where there was like along the lines of here are ten scary animals, uh, and they look like shit. Yeah, that you've never seen before and stuff like that. So we created a website which had a lot of these clickbaity articles. And so our hypothesis at the time was that if we created a website with all this clickbaity stuff and run ads for it and had ads on the site itself, we could potentially make money from the people coming onto the site and you know that ad revenue generating from those views. And so started that off. And again, quite young at the time, uh, not. Uh, good with business, actually had no idea of numbers. um, And even (laughs) etiquette, like, you know, it was every night because it was quick, easy money where you'd put $100 on advertising the website, and you'd get four or 500 back at the end of the day. So it was easy money. And we all were absolutely arrogant and cocky about what we could do. So we'd drink every night, we would go down to (laughs) Chinese, um, a Chinese place and whatnot. And we would do it every day. And so the thing was, is that this type of website was borderline okay and borderline not too okay. And when you're drunk, you sometimes get yourself in trouble. So, but I'll rewind back, I'll ri- rewind back. So this is when we're all stable and not too horrendous and too arrogant. So in order for us to get the high dollar per view onto our website, uh, we had to talk to ad exchanges. And so these were people in America, you know, Taboola, uh, we were talking CPXI, all these companies. And so we were Talk to them. And so, for the first 10 minutes, they would focus on what my name is, what it meant, and all that crap. Like, is your name Anuj? Uh, uh. Anuj? What does it mean? Is it like divine? And it's just like, no, dude, it's just Anuj. It means little brother, whatever it is. Like, why does that fucking matter? <laughs> that type of thing. And so, at the time, we had, I had a mate there named Perry, and he's just like, hey, dude, just call yourself AJ. AJ's cool. And I was like, yeah, nah. And then he just started calling me AJ. And then after a while, I was like, yeah, that's actually kind of cool that's going to be my nickname and so <laughs> here we go aj was my nickname from that particular part but the aj of that time was an absolute alcoholic loved eating a lot of fatty food and again like i said it was a border it was a site where regulations were borderline if we went a bit too mm. far you're gone and so we're drunk right and we're just like i think this is a pretty good article to put on so we did that <laughs> if i look back oh lord so funny um and so bad. We got banned from Facebook, doing Facebook ads, <laughs> how bad it was. And it was so bad that they, they banned our credit card accounts. They banned our locations from ever again, doing you know, Facebook ads ever again. Of course, fast forward now, we're all Gucci. But back then, they really banned us and it was that bad. And that was probably my first business failure. First mm. harsh lessons in friendships as well, because things did become better between me and my friends at the time. Mm. We, we didn't know how to react with um, each other because the blame would be, no you, no you or no me. And so that was that was a pretty interesting thing. And I think from that particular event, what I learned was there's a fine line between being friends and also running a business. Uh, you do have to mm. separate the two, uh, certainly do. And there is room for both as long as you separate it.
1: Right. Oh, great. So cra- crazy les- lessons, Zane. So that youthful exuberance and a bit of devil may care and pushing the boundaries. And of course, yeah, we go through that eh, in in our youth. So yeah, that's the time when we're finding out who we are.
2: (laughs) True, true. And honestly, looking back, I'm so glad it happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because you sort of know who not to be now.
2: (laughs) Exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah, got it out of your system. That sort of brings me to today. And I know you've got a great business now. We'll talk about that later, but. Before the, the podcast, we were talking about your ultimate dream or, you know, at least, at least a dream mm. 10, 20 years from now. Yeah. So do you want to tell me what that is? Because I think it's really cool to have a dream because, you know, if you don't have a dream, you sort of, well, you, you know, any road's okay. But when you have a dream, things tend to come to you, right? So mm. tell us a little about yours.
2: Yeah. So I tie it back to family background. So 80% of my family are in the medical field. No. I look at blood and I faint. <laughs> so no matter how smart I am, or if I pass medical school, it's, it means nothing. So I've not really been able to um, take part in that tradition. And so Indian parents as well. So they want you to do that. Again, I, I, did, I did follow the path of Indian tradition and went to software, into software itself. was a programmer. Uh, At the moment, I don't program too much, just the nature of what I do. But Mm -hmm. I am very connected with the tech space and technology itself. Dream. Dream. So the whole idea is for me to come back to what I feel I should have done, is impact that medical space. But with my angle, which is technology, doing things that you can't do without tech itself. Like For example, when you're sleeping, You could have a stroke you don't actually know when that stroke happens but if we could go and create technology that tells you that and also alerts whoever they need to just a simple idea out there those are the type of things that i want to be a part of i don't necessarily want to be the person driving it completely i do want someone there who's smarter than me uh, more connected than me leading the leading the pack with that but i want to play a part where i can give them the resources money and also some advice on let's, how do we commercialize this and actually make it viable for the rest of the world. So not just one, but multiple of those is, is what I want to go create 30 years, 20 years from now, whenever that may be.
1: So you're really wanting to make an impact, really, in people's lives, right? A positive, a positive impact in people's lives. I mean, that's a driver for you, probably coming from your family. Is that right? Have I got it right? Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've also look the cockiness from twenty fourteen hasn't died. I want to create things that are hard. I really want to be a part of things that are absolutely hard because that entices me a lot.
1: Mm. So that's your challenge thing. You, you like a big challenge so that you can, you know, kick into that flow state we were talking about, which requires challenge, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
1: So that's really cool. So is there any? particular area that you would feel most connected to or is it like hey you'd rather have a, a portfolio of these things or is there one particular area that means something to you maybe because of a history or a family mm. history or a friend's history is there something that like i'd love to solve that
2: it's a good question and i haven't thought about it too much and I, if i give it some thought right now Definitely the med tech space itself. I don't want to be involved in the next productivity tool. Um, I'd love to be mm. a part of it right now to get, gather the experience of it uh, so that I can right. use that in the future. But if we're talking the dream, the dream is to be a part of multiple med tech startups and maybe even some mm. established parts of Pfizer whatever it, it is, you know, would, would be and create something that's not there, definitely not there and create something which one lengthens your li- lengthens, lengthens your life. And in addition to that, makes life a whole lot more better because we all know that the later stages of our lives are not always the best. And if we can make mm. that better in any way, uh, I think we, we certainly should.
1: Mm. So that's really, you're starting to talk about your purpose there in a way.
2: Yeah, I really, really think so. Um, and I think one of the other things we we're talking about too is, you know, being very, I suppose, apparent to the fact that you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm. And it, it might seem a bit the road that I've chosen is not the right one because I'm not going directly for it. I could be part of a med tech startup right now. I've been fortunate to be a part of some, but I am looking to fill that cup so that when it comes to me wanting to pour from it, there's something there.
1: Right. So your your current business is a a way of supporting you, you know, and creating that sort of flow of wealth and so that you can invest in some other things that you really believe in in the medtech space, is that right? Sort of.
2: Yeah, and that's one aspect of it. The second aspect is that the company gives me exposure to startups, right. allows me to go inside them as well, really dig into them. And in addition to that, this is a company within itself, where you know we've got people here, we're managing people, uh, we do get a gist of that. So I believe that also helps a lot. So if anything. It feels like I'm taking more from my business than I'm giving in the long run, but I do hope I do hope that uh, at some point I do figure out a way where I'm giving more through the company than I'm taking.
1: Mm. Yeah. So this is you. This is coming back to your purpose of being a net giver rather than a net taker, right? Yeah. 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 No, that's cool. So it all it all comes back. It's all a red thread, right? So just tell us tell us what you do now. You know, just give us a sort of an overview of what you do now with uh, Piqua.
2: Yeah, so PICWA, at the moment, we de-risk global tech recruitment. And so Mm. we're helping local companies in New Zealand, Australia, really beat the local tech shortage and Mm. the tech shortage that is to come. And so we're trying to do this not just with a band-aid solution of giving you the ability to go hire overseas and have a remote team member. We also want to empower you to bring them into the country, help them be a part of our economy, grow that itself, and really help build that itself. Um, I've actually this is this year itself, is when I really understood uh, the value of immigrating someone into the country, how it makes the country a whole lot more powerful, and why it's a fantastic thing. And it's great, it's great that you know um, Kiwi startups in particular they they prefer local. But what we've got at the moment is a state where even if our graduates become senior engineers tomorrow, we still won't be able to make demand. So if I can help in any way to tap into global tech talent, bring them in, create a bit of a workforce in the country. That's what I want to do.
1: So you're sort of building New Zealand's talent base in a way.
2: Yeah, I I would say we're quite small at the moment. So uh, it's probably a tension. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, but it all helps, right? Every drop in the ocean changes its temperature, you know, no matter how small, right?
2: That's right. That's right. It's an amazing line, by the way. (laughs) And... Exactly. And that's what we're trying to do. Um, Trying to Mm -hmm. take a human approach uh, to this. Of course, from a commercial perspective, we'd love to just have everyone running through our company and our payroll. But here's the thing, right? Like there's an an abundance in the world. We're going to keep growing and we're going to keep needing more. And there's a commercial aspect to everything. I truly believe that everything in the world, it might sound a bit capitalist, should be, it should commercially make sense because everyone Mm -hmm. needs to eat needs to be some flow of water everywhere and if it doesn't make commercial sense then you know why are you doing it
1: Mm, mm. so it's like yes i think yeah what you're saying is if it's not adding value we shouldn't be doing it and if if it's adding value and uh, you're happy to exchange money or time or something so it's coming back to that exchange that fair exchange for value right
2: correct and i feel that a lot of entrepreneurs that I've met that are very passionate about what they do, and I've actually been guilty of this myself, if I'm absolutely passionate about what you're doing and I want to be a part of it, I'll forget about the value exchange. But then what happens is that you're restricting yourself from adding more value in the future. So it's important to have that exchange uh, from my, my perspective.
1: Mm. Yeah, so that fair, fair exchange, value for value. Tell me, I mean, you, you, you see a lot of startups and stuff What happens to the people that are just chasing the money? What have you noticed when people are just chasing the dollar and there's nothing more than chasing the dollar? Have you seen any patterns there? Because, I mean, you want to make an impact, but there's probably lots of people who just want to make a dollar, right?
2: Yeah, and I I also want to add that I I also want to make a dollar too. (laughs) No, yeah, not to that. But uh, the common denominator is, um, again, from what I've seen, you'll find those people burn out very quickly. I've been mm. guilty of it myself too in the past. In addition to that, you'll start working very pessimistically. Everything is a risk now. And you create this plateau on top of you where you feel you won't go above here or there. Because again, you're just looking at the dollar amount of what whatever it is you're doing. In case of someone who's at a job, they're just looking at how much their salary will make them. And mm. uh, if, if you're talking about someone who's... Again, real estate agent, maybe a bit more abundant mindset, but the drive is the money. And if there is no exchange of that money, they wouldn't be there. You know, to some degree, I agree that's fair. You've got to be quite strategic with your time as well. Uh, But there needs to be balance because you could end up doing shady things if you just want the money.
1: Right. So what you've seen is when people just are chasing the money, they start to box themselves in because they de-risk and then they sort of create their own ceiling.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's the one part. Like I'd say, buckets, right? Like I wouldn't say that they're they're all the same. I would say you know some people are just chasing the money, but they are pessimistic in the way that they live. They have a job. Again, there's no problem with having a job. Like you can excel so much in a job, even personally, you can excel so much. But I'm talking about that group of people who stay stuck within it, uh, don't want mm-hmm. to go out of their comfort zone. Uh, it's it's very much reflective in their financial decisions, their general decisions. And the 360. Then we take it to a real estate agent. I've got a friend, a couple of friends, myself who are in it. And it's not to my surprise, they do cut corners to get the deal through. But again, their driver is the money. And that's why I feel like there should be some balance. I I really don't think the the common denominator between all of them is burnout.
1: Right. Yeah. So they're chasing that false god, right? And I mean, I know that we talked beforehand about the one thing that you hate is cutting corners and we talked about a time when that kept you up at night because you were like oh wow you know my initial sort of uh, calculations were not quite right in terms of in terms of how it's going to work out but what do you think are the real values that drive you so you know if you're not cutting corners then you you're obviously valuing something mm. to do that so what do you think your the values are that are driving your success you've got this great vision you've got a great yeah. commercial engine you know you've got that the, the the business model right what are the values then that underpin that who you are now not not the crazy teenager but who are, who are you now what are those values
2: i'm not sure if i'll answer this correctly um, the way you probably expect it the way i see each client is if i were in their shoes what would i expect why am i here in the first place uh, and i like to think about that other person why are they here they're probably here because the last company that they spoke to didn't vet them, vet the engineers properly, or maybe it's uh, they don't know how to vet, uh, and they're trusting my word. They're trusting our process, uh, and we got to deliver based on that. I'm a firm believer in trusting the process, even when shit mm. doesn't make sense. Just trust it. Right. And I feel the same with hiring right now too. Is that we've trusted the process? A couple of people who have you know literally pissed me off in an interview. They've flourished. And the other tests. And it was just a means of understanding how to work with them. And, you know, a lot of learnings, a lot of learnings. Yeah, if I talk about values, not cutting corners, very much trust the process. That's one reason why. I feel like that'll always take care of everything. The second thing is um, I'll always look at either my client, my friend, or anyone else out there, as if if I were in their shoes, what would I expect? And deliver based on that. And I, I very much love doing a good job.
1: Right. So it's sort of you're saying fundamentally quality is a big one for you. Trusting the process, but also service, like putting yourselves in the issues, like how do I serve you versus how do I just make money out of you?
2: Correct. Correct. I mean, I, I can even talk about something rather silly. Like I was selling my car two weeks ago and I took it to the mechanic for a service. And so I, I knew I was going to sell it in two weeks. And he said that, oh, you know, you've got uh, these two issues here. They won't pass off. Right. I said, okay, well, when's the offer here? He said, oh, it's next month. And uh, I asked him, oh, yeah, so, you know, let's get it done then. You know, we want it to pass for the next person as well. But he said, you know, like you, if you didn't come through a service, you wouldn't have known that these issues are here. But then again, regardless of however it is, uh, even when I purchased that car from the dealer, they obviously, they, they cut corners, the one I bought it from, and I had to fix things after. I wouldn't want the other person having the same experience, so I got that sorted, uh-huh. and I gave it. To, and it's a very moral thing, where for a day I was actually contemplating it, and uh, I couldn't even I couldn't even look at the car properly. It was very, very difficult, even putting it on trading.
1: Right. So you knew there was a potential problem. So that's what's that? Is that is that like um, doing the right thing no matter what, even if it's inconvenient? It's like facing the inconvenient truth, but like you know the Al Gore climate movie
2: yeah yeah i really feel so uh, and i think it ties back into uh, like you know your experience your to me your brain is uh you know a library of all your past experiences and if we go back at the 2014 experience of me messing up the terms and trying to push things uh it ties back into that experience too i regardless of what it was it was just a small article small piece of text but it had a massive impact um, and i believe that if we believe in karma or whatever it is and it's not fair of karma. It'll just come back in some way, good or bad. Right,
1: right, right. Yeah, so doing the right thing and standing for that quality and, you know, really standing for service, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So we're getting close to time, so uh, I don't want to keep you feeling your Friday night, but what sort of people do you want? What's your ideal client or your ideal tech person to come to you and how do they get in touch with you? I mean, you know, like who do you want to get in touch with or Because as I said, we've got audience all around the world, so.
2: Yeah, so effectively, if you're a company that are struggling to hire engineers, get in touch with us. We might not be able to source an engineer from our side, but we might be able to help you or give you the tools to do it yourself or through someone else. Uh, Do get in touch, regardless. And of course, if you're someone who is in the med tech space or even a little bit out of it, and you want to create something which requires beating the norms, Get in touch with me. I'd love to hear it. And if I can help you in any way possible to support that, I'd love to do that. A where you can get in touch with me, pikwa.io. That's the site. My email address is there. My LinkedIn is anuj singh-sani. Yeah, but if you put in anuj singh, you should be able to get me.
1: Right. Hey, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
2: And yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. Um, in terms of ideal customer profile, look, we've served, from a recruitment perspective, we've served companies who are not so tech savvy, can't attract good sort of tech talent, uh, but need that tech talent. Uh, and mm. if we can help you, we'd love to help you because we know you really need it. For the other tech companies who are tech companies, and uh, again, it's more of a cost thing, potentially could help you there. If it's a talent thing, could help you there. Just get in touch. There's no guarantees there, but uh, for those companies that are struggling to just attract talent, because uh, of who you are right now uh, as a company, and you're not that cool tech company with a ping pong table and a bear tab, um, <laughs> get in touch. We can definitely
1: help you. And that's uh, Picwa. That's P-I-C-W-A dot I-O.
2: Perfect. That's the one. Yep.
1: Hey Aj, it's been a real pleasure talking to you and understanding what's the driver behind you and sort of digging into that purpose that you have which is really 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 cool so i'm looking forward to uh, watching that space and uh, thank you so much if we can ever help you just just reach out so ciao for now cheers thank you and enjoy your evening and listeners enjoy your walk or however you're listening to this
2: awesome thank you so much appreciate it
1: thank you Hey, pal, wasn't it great to hear a real entrepreneur's story and a growing entrepreneur? And it's great to hear that someone's also, you know, besides the wild dreams, has got their head screwed on uh, and making really sensible commercial decisions with his current company, Piqua, and making sure that he can actually fund all the other ideas he has and the investments and, you know, so that he can explore his risk tolerance and all the different things and, and that it's really funny because of his family's in the medical area and as you said, you know, he faints at the sight of blood. But he really <laughs> wants to add value. He really wants to make life better. And he's wanting to really lean into anyone who's in the med tech startup business. And I think I know someone he should talk to. So after this podcast I'll reach out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, for me like uh it just makes me think of the our whole person approach, you know, like in that how he role models this, you know, imagination of having like the, the big dreams, the big vision and you know, like really wanting to change the world, but all based like in the practical reality of how we're gonna make it happen, you know, like and, and for what purpose and to really doing something that is not there yet but for the better and another thing that really spoke to me is this power of diversity you know like and recognizing that collective intelligence you know like uh, different people different backgrounds different experiences different cultures can come together to collaborate to create something that works much better create a different solution that it's not uh, out there yet
1: yeah no that was awesome
0: yeah, and the, the fair exchange of value. I think that's a really important message because, you know, for a lot of people that are passionate about something, it's too easy to forget, oh, yeah, but I love it. So I, it, it's okay if there is, the, there is no exchange of, uh, of value but or just a one side thing. But, you know, like thinking about the sustainability and being able to keep doing what you love. So I think that's a really good uh, takeaway.
1: Yeah, has to be sustainable.
0: (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much, AJ, for sharing that with us. And uh, I hope you enjoyed. Do get in touch with AJ. If you're into tech and you want to be part of a global tech team or you want to bring tech talent to your business, do get in touch with him. And also do get in touch with us at thezone.co and Liam Ford on LinkedIn and uh, Paula Benetton on LinkedIn too.
1: Yeah, well, and uh, for everyone out there, ciao for now. We'll see you on the next episode.
0: Ciao for now.